Hello, and welcome to The Violet Vulture. My name is Emmy, and I'm your host and a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, too much person. My work can best be described as an ever-evolving commitment to living well, dying well, and walking through life as sensuously as possible. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can keep up with me on Instagram at LaSoyEmmy, my website, SoyEmmy.com, or you can add it to my newsletter, The Inner Circle. I've also set up a little intake form for submitting any ideas or recommendations for the podcast. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. This will be our last mini-sode before transitioning to longer episodes. The first full episode will drop on the full moon in Sagittarius. This likely won't be the last time I publish shorter content, but I'm also super excited to begin having these longer chats with you, and as you'll soon see, other guests as well. In today's mini-sode, we're going to introduce one of my favorite things to tap into in basically every aspect of my life. My personal projects, my spirituality, my career and relationships, and that would be archetypes. They've impacted my whole life to varying degrees, and I've historically utilized them more when I've been struggling hard, and lately I have spent some time reflecting on how I could use them more mindfully. The, The whole proactive versus reactive sort of framing. Using them and the shadow work that comes with them doesn't replace therapy or proper spiritual practice or hygiene, but I have found them to be incredibly informative in all of the aspects of my life. But what even are they? What are archetypes? Who even is she? There's a lot of different ways to think about them. They're prototypes that other things sprout out of, like an original that is frequently emulated and adapted over and over. They are rooted in recurring themes, motifs that appear in art, religion, mythology, glamour magic, in culture, so on and so forth. The vast majority of archetypes tend to be fairly old. Like you think about the healer, what comes to mind? A medicine woman, you think about a doctor, you know, it conjures up a lot of these kinds of pretty flushed out, but also amorphous sort of things that can be both expansive, but also whittled down to something more specific. Like the modern derivative of the healer might be the therapist or the counselor. Some are newer, like the engineer, but one could easily argue that that's just a more heavily curated version of the architect or the builder. The hero is also super ancient, and the fact that it's so timeless is why it continues to be retold over and over and over again in our films and in our business narratives. What differentiates them from cliches or tropes is that archetypes come down to their application. Like, a trope is just an archetype in a very particular context. It's more pared down, more one note. A cliche is just a flat interpretation that may tend to be more shadow, more superficial, like think of the mean girl trope. At its core, it's the queen archetype, but predominantly the shadow sides, like arrogance or defensiveness. No one is just a single thing if they're truly embodying the queen. The queen is actually one of my own archetypes, and I've had to reconcile how much being an integrated queen is about sharing abundance. 
the well-integrated queen is one that may still struggle with trusting her peers or being insecure about those around her, maybe not having the best of intentions. But she realizes that in order to continue to be the strong, badass leader that she is, it's important to keep sharing of your wealth. And it's important to bolster those around you. And that is what makes you truly powerful. The list as to why archetypes have endured for so long would be so long. But I think I will it down to a few core concepts that are the most applicable to me. At their core, they're pretty universal culturally and across time. It's really easy for something to become timeless if it's defined enough to have a recognizable form, but it's not so heavily or overly manicured that it'll just immediately age out. Like there's a networker or a messenger, but not like a MySpacer. I wouldn't even, I don't even know if like the OG Tom is even still in MySpace. And speaking of timelessness, I've recently come to terms with how I've been embodying archetypes before I even knew to specifically call them that. Back in 2014, I wrote a series on an old blog about how to romanticize your life and tap into parts of yourself that you've been neglecting by stirring up these archetypes, or as I said at the time, personas. I tapped into the femme fatale archetype then, and during my very brief burlesque career. Which leads me to my next point. They go so deep. Archetypes are baked into how we tell stories. They're in the Bible. They're in a witchcraft with the triple goddess of the maiden, mother, crone. I know some people say that there are no more original stories to tell, but I think it comes down to how you tell them and where the world or your audience is. I feel like there's truly always a fresh way to say something universally felt. Archetypes are also super powerful with how tapping into them improves self-reflexivity. To get the most juice from the squeeze, you have to have good self-awareness and really strong self-assessment to see genuine and not superficial progress when working with archetypes. I recently did an exercise on casting my own 12 archetypes into a wheel with 12 houses not unlike how your natal chart in astrology is broken up into 12 houses. My wheel begins with the lover archetype and ends with the teacher. And it just makes my whole journey from my 20s into my 30s make complete sense. My sense of self is very much that of having immense passion for so many things and needing to try to get my insides to match my outsides. The 12th house, on the other hand, is about the unseen, evolution, hidden gifts. Even though I have been hesitant to explore this in myself, so much of my living out loud and sharing my experiences and the things I have borderline obsessively studied have come down to a desire to express what I love and to be real about how I fuck up and how I've learned to grow from my experiences. It comes down to this idea that if I am vulnerable about what I've been through, maybe it'll help clarify someone else's journey too. From a tangible standpoint, there's also something about tapping into archetypes for survival. I was planning a trip to New York, a solo trip, and I spent some time researching what went into an archetypal New Yorker. And I followed it to a T. I wore... I wore all black. I wore my trusty Doc Martens. 
I kept my earbuds in. I didn't make any eye contact with anyone for too long on the subway, on the street. And I made sure to look like I knew where I was going. And I walked super fast all the time. Uh, I had killer calves by the end of it all. And, And because of this, I constantly was met with people being shocked that I wasn't really living in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, because I had gone through such lengths to truly embody New Yorker Emmy. And to be clear, I didn't embody this archetype to deceive anyone. Like I was a young person in a new city, and I wanted to experience something new, but I also wanted to feel as safe as possible. As someone with a lot of anxiety, it was an added step that made me feel more secure in this world of unknowns and knowing that not everybody had the best of intentions around me. And going deeper into the sense of survival or self-preservation, I can reflect back now that I have sometimes performed my archetypes more than I've worked to embody them. And that I tried embodying ones that weren't truly me. Like we all have the victim archetype in some capacity and That is one that needs to be acknowledged and healed. While I couldn't see it at the time, this was the archetype that I had a lot of shame around and needed to spend some time coping with. Since I didn't have the tools or ability to figure out where to even begin, at the time I used femme fatale as a persona or archetype for me to tap into the power I didn't think that I had. And I really just needed to give myself a foundation for tapping back into the power that I did have after having surrounded myself with people who I felt were committed to undermining me. I did always have this power and resilience, but it took time to nurture that. I just needed a conduit for reminding myself that there was always a pathway back to actually healing. It was just a matter of finding that road again. In many ways, this podcast is its own archetypal journey since I'm actively tapping into each of my core aspects at different checkpoints in my life, at different checkpoints throughout this podcast lifespan. You know, I'm not pretending to be podcast Emmy or pretending to be like multidisciplinary storyteller Emmy. This is the progression of what I already had within me. Overall, this has really been a lifelong journey. And That alone is a testament to the value of intentionally exploring archetypes, even the ones that you may not like or don't sound sexy. Michelle Pelazon has often said that nobody wants to be the bully, but if that is you, the only way to heal that is to finally name it. Sometimes it pays to identify even what is not in your archetypal wheel, just to further clarify what is you. With archetypes, I think it's important to keep in mind that what you're ultimately doing is to brush off the dirt or tap into something that's just buried. I really don't subscribe to the fake it till you make it mentality. I see archetypal work as giving the necessary attention to like a planted seed to help it sprout. You take the time to learn how to set up the conditions like getting proper soil, the right amount of water, optimal lighting and humidity. You learn that and then you apply it It may still have sprouted anyway with maybe less than optimal care and neglect, but going through the extra effort, figuring out what is good plant care, what is a good plant mom, hastens the coaxing out. I think everyone has the ability to see progress on these kinds of self-knowledge goals. 
achieving them may look like an overnight success when it's all been said and done, but you will always know how much you reflected and applied yourself to make that transformation real. Archetypes don't solve all problems for you, but they can help sharpen the contrast on the roadmap for helping you figure out how you might come out from the other side of it. Sometimes it's enough to just know that if other people did it, if other ideas of people did it, maybe you could too. That's all for this one, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's last mini-sode. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening in from and a written review if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts. Again, you can keep up with us on Instagram. I am La Soy Emmy. My website, soyemmy.com. Or you can add it to my newsletter, The Inner Circle. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. That's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning into the Violet Vulture. Bye for now.